Welcome to Godly Goosebumps Podcast. Your host, Dudley Rutherford. I'm here in my podcast room here in uh, Los Angeles, California. And we put this podcast, uh, it's just been a burden on our heart to tell stories that only God could orchestrate. And oftentimes when we hear a story, we hear the details of the story, and it's the details in the story that cause us to believe not in what I call a higher power, but cause us to believe that there is an almighty God who sits on the throne that holds the entire universe in the palm of his hand. And these stories, as we tell them, I pray that they're an encouragement to you no matter what you're going through. Some people listen to these stories just just to be encouraged. But hopefully if you're in a, in a place, a difficult place today, you're discouraged, maybe you think God's given up on you, I just want to reassure you that God has not given up on you. And especially for every believer in Jesus, the Bible tells us over and over again that he will never leave us and that he will never forsake us. I want to tell you the story uh, that happened in my life. And if you have your story, we want to encourage you to go to our website, godlygoosebumps.com, and submit your story. Certainly hit that subscribe button. It helps us out as we spread the word about this great podcast. I want to tell you a story. When I was young, just just a boy growing up, my family and I, we would often drive over to a lake over in Kansas, which is where I was from, and this lake was called Courtney Davis, Courtney Davis Lake Resort, and we'd spend the entire day. It was a picturesque setting with picnic benches nestled among lofty trees and birds flying overhead and there were these large swings, there were diving platforms, and they had these wooden rafts throughout the lake. And you could swim out to one of those rafts, and we'd get out there and play and jump. We had, we had the time of our lives. Sometimes we would head, head over just with our family, and sometimes we would invite a lot of people to go with us. And we would take, it'd be like a, a church group. And we'd go take over an area that had a bunch of picnic tables, uh, we weren't always right there where the beach was located. Sometimes we'd have to go around to the side because that's the only place where we could have enough room for everyone. But we would always be near the, the water, near the lake. And one afternoon, it was a beautiful day. And again, we were there uh, having fun. We were there uh, being refreshed, uh, and just relaxing. And it took a frightening turn when someone ran over. I remember this vividly like it was yesterday. We were, we were in this area, this picnic area, and someone ran over and shouted to my dad. He said these words, Debbie has fallen into the lake. Now, Debbie is my older sister. I, I have two older sisters. She's the sister right above me. Debbie has fallen into the lake into the lake. And I'm going to guess that she was probably seven or eight years of age at that time. And I was either five or six years old at that time. And um, it was no surprise to me that Debbie, she was kind of an animal lover from day one. She had been fascinated by these little frogs that were swimming in the lake. And somehow she went over to the edge. And again, we weren't there by the beach at that time. It was like a cement wall, 
and the, because of the water, it was it was what I call mossed over. There was a lot of moss. It was a slippery, I mean, like like oil slippery on a on a on a sidewalk, but it was sloped, and the moss was growing there, and it was one of the deepest parts of the lake. And she was over there looking for some frogs, and she fell and she slipped, and she went down that embankment and into the water. And uh, she had yelled to her friend, Danny, who had been standing over her, uh, paralyzed by fear. She said, go get my dad. Now, she could swim for a little bit, but she could not get out of that lake because of the mossy embankment. Uh, And so uh, she would have drowned that day. So she falls in and she yells to her friend, "Go go get my dad. And so we're all sitting there. And I remember, and my dad was sitting there. He had this big plate full of food. He had just got all his food ready, ready to eat. He had just loaded up that plate, and he was just about ready to sit down when Danny ran over and announced Debbie had fallen into the lake. My dad immediately. I saw the plate of food go flying, and he turns and he starts to run as fast as he can to the edge of that lake. And he dives in to help rescue uh, my sister that day. And uh, again, a bunch of people were over there in that area, and they all we all kind of grabbed hands, and we got them out of that water. We plucked them out of that water. She was covered in slimy moss. And none of us cared about the slimy moss. We were just grateful that Debbie hadn't been, that Debbie had been rescued. Everyone was crying tears of joy. Uh, Looking back, uh, Debbie says it it seemed like Dad had rescued her in an instant. Though he had been enjoying conversation, was about to eat his lunch, he drops everything, and in a blink of an eye, a blink of an eye, he sprints to the lake to save his daughter. You see, she was without hope until he arrived. I've always asked myself, why did my dad act in such urgency that day? Of course, any loving father would gladly save his life, you know, or give his life for his child who was in peril. Uh, The rest of us were either frozen in fear or not nearly as fast as dad because dad got there first. Now, again, why did my dad act? in the way that he acted. Why did he run so quickly to rescue his daughter? Well, for two reasons. Number one, he knew who was lost. It was his daughter. This little girl his wife carried in her womb for nine months, a child to whom they had read countless bedtime stories, a child whom they had taught how to walk and how to talk, a child whom they had changed her diapers and This was back in the day before they had the disposable diapers, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, They had taken care of her. They had helped her when she was sick. They had helped raise her. She she was the only Debbie Rutherford in the world with her exact DNA, and she was a precious, irreplaceable child. So it was who was lost, but secondly, it was what it meant to be lost. Dad understood that if he didn't act quickly— that his treasured daughter could drown and that she would be gone forever. There would be no bringing her back. 
He had heard enough about these tragic accidents happening in families to know the danger was real and imminent. My dad understood the value of my sister's life, and he understood the implications of doing nothing about that desperate situation. He couldn't remain frozen in fear or loss of failure. My dad knew he had to act because of his courage and the grace of God, of course. My sister is alive today. She no longer goes by the name Debbie. She wants to be called Deborah, so we call her Deborah. I want you to know that you and I were without hope until Jesus arrived. And now that we have received his soul-saving grace and we understand what it means to be lost eternally, it should motivate us to want to share the gospel with everyone who is lost so that they too may be rescued from sin. You see, God looked down on us and he realized just what my dad realized. My God, our Father, our Heavenly Father, as he looked down on us on earth when we were in our sin, he realized who was lost and he realized what it meant to be lost. The same two things my earthly father felt for my sister. He realized who was lost and what it meant to be lost. And more than, more than my dad, God knows who is lost, and he also realizes what it means to be lost. So he sends his son into this world to die for you and to die for me. I think right now of the billions of people on the face of this earth, and God cares for every single one of them. People are, people are not here by accident. You're not here by accident. You're here and you're alive if you're listening to this podcast. No matter how lost you are, no matter how close you've been to dying, no matter how far you've run away from God, no matter how much you deny God, God still cares and loves you because he knows who is lost and he knows what it means to be lost. Thus, he gives his son as a sacrifice so that you might be saved, that you might be redeemed. Matthew 10, 31 says, don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And that verse just means as God takes care of the birds of the field, that God also cares about you a million times more. A human being, a soul created in the image of God, puts us here, gives us this thing called freedom of choice. And what do we do? We go and we go off the cliff. We find ourselves in a mess and we holler out, God save me. And if that prayer is sincere, he will answer that prayer and he will rescue you. He'll redeem you. He'll cleanse you. He'll let you start your life over again. And God has a purpose for you. And as I've always said, may we all join together to lift up the name of Jesus and to let people know about the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness of Almighty God. 
Oh, he loves you. If you're listening to this right now, he loves you. He knows who is lost, and he knows what, what it means to be lost. And so he goes to the cross so that you and I might be saved. Oh, I hope you'll tune in next week as we'll drop another podcast. Go to godlygoosebumps.com if you have a story that's, that helps people understand how God moves and works in mysterious ways in our lives. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you here next week. God bless. <laughs>